saying that. Anyway, um, so you got to be careful naming your kids. So we're going to go through a series, and we're going to look at the four names of Jesus that uh, Isaiah prophesied uh, 700 years before his birth. And, and, and it was a time and a season uh, when Isaiah prophesied this. It was a time of a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of fear. And the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Look at this. For, un, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So today, we're going to look at this prophetic title of Wonderful Counselor. And there's these two English words, Wonderful and Counselor, come from the two Hebrew words, Pele and Yoez. Now, Pele means you're a great soccer player. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, uh, it, it means this. Pele means too wonderful for words. It means um, when Isaiah was trying to describe the Savior of the world, he didn't have words to really describe him. It was too wonderful. Too, it didn't have enough words. There was no words great enough to tell you how awesome Jesus is. He's too wonderful words. Now, Yoez is the word translated as counselor, and it means to advise or to consult or, or to guide. So one day, Isaiah was prophesying that there would be a born, a child, and it will be given to him. Uh, his name will be Pelel Yoez. He'll be the wonderful counselor. He is God in the flesh. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and he knows you and cares for you and understands exactly what you are going through, and therefore... He can be a wonderful counselor. And I love how Hebrew, in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, how it describes um, when it's speaking of Jesus, our high priest. Listen to this, what he says in Hebrews. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, some of you right now, if you would be honest, that you would say, I'm in a significant time of need. But the good news is that there is one who is here to help. He is Piel Yoez. He is the Jesus who is the wonderful counselor. And so let's talk about this Jesus who is the wonderful counselor, because one of the the, the, the things that a lot of people don't ever realize about Jesus and why he came. And you got to realize why he came. Because if you don't realize why he came, you'll never receive who he is. He came for the sick. When Jesus came, he came for those who were in need. In fact, there's an interesting story in the Bible. One time Jesus calls Matthew. And he called Matthew to be one of his followers. Follow him. And, and, and Matthew got so excited, he wanted to have a party for Jesus. So he invited Jesus to his house. But he, not only that, Matthew was a tax collector, so he invited all the other reprobates. I mean, a tax collector was one of the worst people, and people didn't trust them. They didn't like, like these tax collectors at all. And so he invited all of his friends, and all of his friends were all these sinners, these wild friends. To come and meet with Jesus. And, and Jesus came to his house and the, and the religious people were highly offended that Jesus would even go 
to this man's house. How, I mean, they're saying, how, how could Jesus go to, to this guy's house, Matthew, who he, he's, a, he's a tax collector. He, he, uh, he steals from us. He, uh, he invited all his friends. And all his friends, all they do is, and, you know, they say bad words once in a while. They go to R-rated films. They listen to the wrong music. These are the type of people, um, maybe even worse than that, that uh, Jesus was sitting around. And here how, this is how Jesus answered them. In Luke chapter 5, verse 31, it says this. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's not the healthy who need a Savior, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, sick people, to repentance. You've got to remember, Jesus is the wonderful counselor who comes for the sick. And I think a lot of times we don't really understand this, that if, if I'm going through something, and it seems like in the church world, if you aren't, um, if everything isn't going right, you, there must be something wrong with you. And so, in a sense, we've actually, in our religious thinking, that if you're going through something hard and bad, and maybe you made a mistake, or maybe not, maybe it's something out of your control, maybe it's, it's in your body, maybe it's in your finances, I don't know, that we've actually condemned people for being sick. The same people Jesus came to heal. He gave his life for See, if you're, something's going wrong with you, it's okay. This is why Jesus came. It's an opportunity for him to do something great in your life. Don't feel condemned when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a hardship or a testing, or maybe you just really screwed up. Don't feel condemned because the answer is in this Kiel Yoel. This wonderful counselor. Why did Jesus, God send Jesus? He sent him to answer to what is missing in our lives. And Isaiah 9 is, is just a wonderful understanding and, and, and of who Jesus is. He came to fill the void of what is missing. You know, when I teach on evangelism, uh, I, I tell people, your goal in winning people to the Lord is not to tell them how bad they are and how much they sin. They already know that. It's not, to sh- it's not to show them how bad and what sin they're doing. Listen, that doesn't work. It's to show them what is missing in their life. You know, my, my goal as a believer is to represent Jesus to all the lost out there. It's not to go out there and tell them how bad they are and what's just, and you know, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, go, you're going to hell. Listen, they already know that. I'm, I'm supposed to radiate who Jesus is. I'm supposed to show them who Jesus is. I'm supposed to show them what's missing in their lives. You know, Paul, when he was, he was going through this temple and seeing all these other idols, he, he went past all these other idols but didn't condemn them for their idol. He found something that they were missing and spoke to them about God. Isaiah 9 is about what humanity is missing. So I'm curious, since Jesus came to those who are sick, where are you sick at today? Where do you hurt? It's okay, at least in this place, at Cornerstone Church. It's a safe place to express that you are sick, that you are in need, that you have screwed up. 
Because truthfully, all of us are sick at one point or another. Just because of sin in this world, we all battle weaknesses. We all battle these vulnerabilities. We all battle strongholds and dysfunctions in our lives. So where are you sick? You know, if we sat down face to face and we had a conversation, maybe I can see an area, part of your life that you have sickness, or I may press you on it or, or ask you about it, but some of you may resist and, no, no, I'm okay. There's nothing here. Leave me alone. I don't have a problem. I'm not sick. No, it's okay to express that. In fact, it's not a lack of faith to say, I'm in need. In fact, when I say I'm in need, when I say I'm sick, I'm saying to God, I'm relying on you. I'm, I'm going to stop trusting in myself. I'm going to trust in you, God. It's, it's, a, it's a way of faith to say, yes, I messed up. I screwed up. I'm in need. Sin had something on me. My body is sick. I can't hide it. But I trust you. And you know what that opens up? That opens up me to receive Jesus and who he is and what he has come to do in my life. So it's okay to acknowledge that. I no longer trust myself where I realize when I am weak, then what? He can become strong. See, the thing about it is we get pride and we, we disguise pride as faith. When it's not faith at all. It's saying, I don't want people to know my issues. Listen, I need people to know my issues. Because I need help, right? I need people to know my issues. So they can pray with me. And so they can, I, I, need, I need God. I know God knows it. But God needs me to understand that I need him. And that's why Jesus, he came for the people who are in what? Need. I need him. I need him so much. And I need to receive him as this wonderful counselor. You know, this holiday seasons, holiday seasons are kind of funny to me. You know, they can bring out the best and make magnify things really well. So the good things look really good, right? But also it magnifies the bad things. It could be that many of you today, you're, I mean, you could be depressed. And this time of the year can be it's supposed to be some of the most cheerful joyful times of the year, but it can be some of the most depressing depressing times in people's lives. So you could have this sense of hopelessness and heaviness. You could, you could, amen, that's good. He's just getting background music for him, man. You need to get organ music, man, you know, the, that'd be good. You know, you could be worrying right now. I mean, some people just are, have this anxiety about them. You're worried about what's to come. You need to acknowledge that. Some of you are stressed. And this holiday season will, will bring that out. Man, I don't have enough time to get everything done. You know, this is actually the first year that my wife hasn't had the Christmas tree up before November. I mean, it's still not up in our house. Because she decided she wanted to redo our kitchen. Amen. She's a wonderful woman. I mean, she did, did great. I mean, because it just stresses out. But, you know, it could be a stressful time. I mean, some of you are going to go with families, and some of those families you don't like. So where are you sick? 
We're all sick in different points in our lives. Acknowledge it. Answer the question, where are you sick? And remember, there's good news. When I realize where I've messed up or I am messed up, whether it's my own fault or whether it's just my fault, there's a wonderful counselor, and his name is Jesus. He came for those who are sick. So when we realize that, how do we allow the wonderful counselor to work in our lives? So I want to I give you a, a few, think about a few moments here about some biblical principles that deal with just how to find healing with the wonderful counselor. There's three things that we're going to be talking about here just real shortly. Number one, in order to real, realize healing, after you realize that you're sick, how to bring it to the wonderful counselor, number one, You've got to be honest with him. You've got to be honest with Jesus. There's a, a, a story in the New Testament, and you can find it in John chapter 4, and you can read it a lot later. In John chapter 4, um, Jesus goes up to this well, and there's this lady there, and speaking to her, and, uh, you know, she's really has had a hard life. You know, she, she's like any of us. She's simply wanted to be loved and accepted. And uh, unfortunately, she picked some of the wrong guys to do that with. And so she went from one man to another man to another man to another man to the person she's living right now, which isn't her husband. She's living with and shacking up with this guy. Then one day at the well, she meets this guy named Jesus someone totally different from all the other men she's ever met. And Jesus said to her, he says, hey, go call your husband. Have him come to the well. And at this point, knowing that she was living with a guy, she could have easily lied and said, you know, my husband's on business. He can't come to you. But she didn't do that. She didn't lie to him. She chose to speak the wonderful counselor the truth she said in verse 17 i have no husband and jesus went on to say what you said is exactly true the fact is that you have five husbands and the guy that you're living with now he is not your husband um, either and because she was honest with him jesus continued to minister to him her and tell her that i am the living water it's something that she's been searching for for her entire life and jesus was able to to reveal to her who he is. And a lot of times when we're not br brutally honest with the Lord, he can't reveal who he is. And when he reveals who he is, that's where we find healing. That's where we find hope. That's where we find all the puzzles coming together. Some of you right now, you need to be honest for the first time in a long time with the Lord. You need to be honest with Jesus today. In fact, even almost a scary sort of way, some of you need to be honest with him. It says, God, I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed, and nothing's happened. We sing the song today that you are good, but I don't know that I believe that right now. You need to say that to him. You know what? He can take it. It's not a lack of faith. It's pure honesty to show the Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm hurting inside. You need to do that. You need to get that off your chest. You need to share with him 
how you really feel because that's blocking you from receiving who he is. Because you're trying to live this life as a good Christian and what you think a good Christian is all about. But a a good Christian is one who is brutally honest with his Savior and is willing to say whatever it is that you are going through to him because he already knows it. Some of you might need to be very honest about your marriage. You may be very honest about how your kids are doing or very honest how your finances are doing. It's time to be honest. You've got to come clean. Some of you are hooked on things, and you've got to come clean and say, God, I am messed up. I cannot deal with this anymore. I am addicted to whatever you're addicted to. You need to be honest. Some of you have been hurt by people, and you say, I, I can't be intimate with anybody anymore because I've been hurt. You need to be honest. We must be brutally honest with the the wonderful counselor, Jesus. So we can deal with your sickness. So he can come and deal with you. Because when you're not honest, you're not only fake to the people around you, but you're fake to him. Because, you know, I, I've seen this with people, and I've seen this in my own life. I may have issues, but I'm going to pray with some, for someone else who has issues. It's hypocritical. And when you deal with that and you're honest with him, then I can learn to do that. I, I had to do that. I, I tell you that I've, been, I, I've, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with inadequacy. I'm not good enough. And until I was really honest with that, I tell you what, when I, when I got sick, and I mean, I can't hide this. I mean, I know you're saying, why would you want to hide this? But anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, this was, this was something that I had to deal with, but you know what it opened up more? Is how I was really depressed about who I am. I had to deal with that. And I, I, to be honest with you, I had to go to counseling. I didn't know how to deal with that. And when I began to, to really be able to understand how to speak those things out, I was able to receive the life of God. I was able to say, okay, yes, this is the real issue in my life. It wasn't a lack of faith. It was, a, it was now, oh, I release it because now I can cast my care upon the Lord. Like Psalms 52, 5, 22 says, says, cast your cares on the Lord. And what he says, he will sustain you and he will never let the righteous fall. But if I'm not willing to recognize there's a care, there's an issue, then I can't cast it on the Lord. I have to recognize that and be brutally honest with the Lord. I used to hate it when my wife would be brutally honest with me. Because it would would hit my pride. Not that, but I'm a good husband. Well, she kind of differed with that vision that I had of myself. I needed that. Because until I realized that I was doing something wrong, I wouldn't allow change to happen in my life. There's a verse in Malachi. I'm just thinking about it now. It's not in my notes. In the King James, it's 
talks about how you've made it. God says you made it stout. King James uses the old English word stout, which is you make it hard for me. Did you know you can make it hard for the Lord by not being honest with the work in your life? Amen? Be honest. So be honest with the Lord so you can cast your cares on him. The second thing that we need to do is as we're honest with the Lord, honest with the wonderful counselor, we num- number two, we need to listen to his voice. We need to listen to the counselor's voice. Listen to Jesus and what he says. In fact, God gave some advice to the disciples one day. To Jesus' disciples in Mark chapter 9. Jesus took the three disciples up on the mountain. Remember that? And Jesus went out and he prayed. And God, you know, did some awesome things. Jesus started to glow. And um, two other guys was with, with him, Elijah and Moses. Remember that time? And so um, um, the disciples looked at that and said, man, this is, this is wild. Let's build an altar here. You know, that's what they wanted to do um, um, when they saw that. And so after Elijah and Moses left, Jesus came down. Um, God said something here. In Mark chapter 9, verse 7, a voice from a cloud said, this is my son whom I love. And there's three words that... Um, Jesus, I mean, that God said to his disciples. What is it? Listen to him. Powerful words. Listen to him. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to what he says to you. We need to listen to Jesus. We not only need to be brutally honest, but when we're brutally honest with, with the Lord, we need to listen to him. You want healing? You've got to listen to him. So, Sean, well, well, how does God? You may be wanting here. So, God, I don't know. How does, how does God speak to me? Well, I mean, I don't want to put God in a box. He can speak to you any way he wants to. In fact, but I promise you this. You get into his word, he will speak to you through his word. You read his word, he will speak to you. I, I mean, I used to sit down when I was a teenager because I, I didn't understand. I was hearing people speak. You know, God, God will speak to you. And I wasn't hearing him. And so I just sat down. And I got a verse. I just went, you know, just pointed. And you may think, well, that, you're not supposed to do that. Well, I did that. And I looked at the word and I said, God, you speak to me in this word. He did. It took a little time for me to hear. It took me reading this word and studying and asking questions and talking to my dad and talking to my, my pastor and saying, what does this verse mean? And I know they got upset at me after that. I keep on asking them. And they said, well, you need to do this and show me how to study. But I tell you what, he spoke to me in that word. He will always speak to you in his word. He can speak to you in, in my voice today. He could speak to you by the person behind you or next to you. That's why why church is so important. When you come here today, you know, you're not only coming to receive, you may have a word for somebody today. You need to allow that to flow in your life. He could speak to you on your way home and you have a song going on. I mean, I've had God speak to me through secular songs, by the way. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was sick, I... 
I was uh, in my, I couldn't go upstairs to my uh, second floor. I, I could go to my basement because I could sit on my butt and, and go down, and then they would have my walker down there. And so that's where I would actually sleep at. And I remember hearing this song, you know, um, uh, and it was a Gloria Estefan song. You guys remember that song? You wake, uh, get up, what, how does it go? Get up on your feet, get up and make it happen. I, I was woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning singing that song. And I haven't heard that song since the 80s or whenever it came out. And so I started singing that song. And, and I tell you what, I got just filled the room. I got up. I started walking around in my basement. Not long after that, I was upstairs in my, in my two-story home. He can speak to you in a number of ways. He can speak to you through your daily devotions. He can, he can speak to you for, through whatever way he, the wonderful counselor needs to get to you. Listen, I'll tell you what. God will do whatever he needs to. And if he needs to speak with an audible voice, I believe he will if you'll listen. But you need to learn and start training your ear to hear his voice, to recognize the wonderful counselor and learn to listen to him. In John chapter 10, I, I love this. He says, my sheep, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we need to be brutally honest with the counselor. We need to listen to Jesus' voice, the counselor's voice. And number three, above all, you've got to do what he tells you to do. In Mark chapter 10, there's another story in verse 20. That's where the story picks up. And we see Jesus, the teacher of all things here. He has this guy come to him. He says, you know, teacher, I, I, um, I've obeyed all your little rules. Well, he didn't say it that way, but that's the way I said it. I think that's the way he kind of said it. I've kept them since I was a boy. What do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do? And in verse 21, Jesus looked at him. And I love this way he says, he looked at him and loved him. That's powerful right there. I've never really saw that to this last week. I mean, I've, I've, I read it, but I never really, it just popped out at me. He looked at him and he loved him. He didn't look at him and says, you little loser. He didn't say that. He looked at him and he loved him. And he says, one thing you lack. Let me say, what. let me rephrase that. One thing that you're sick of. See, when you are honest with the Lord and you listen to him, he's going to love you. Amen? He will not reject you. But he's going to look at you and he's going to tell you what you need to do. And it may not be easy to do, but it's the right thing to do. Because he looked at him and he said he loved him. And he says, one thing you lack. One thing that you are sick in. One thing that you are in need of. One thing that you need to change. This is what you need to do. He said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. So he told him something that was very hard for him. Because he loved him. He told him because he loved him. And this is what you need to do. You need to sell everything. And I don't want to skip over that. Now, listen, that means sell, sell your Xbox One, sell all your games, sell your computers, sell your cell phone. 
sell your house, sell your car, sell your clothes, sell all your cooking utensils, sell everything. So this wasn't easy. This wouldn't be easy for you either. But he said, this is where you're sick in. This is what you need to do. And so when you are brutally honest and when you listen to him, he's going to maybe say something to you that you, it's going to be hard. But if you do it, what did he say? You'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. What do you do in verse 22? The man's face fell. And he went away sad because he had great riches. He wasn't willing to be sure. He wasn't willing to be well. He's got too much available. You know, some of you, you know, when you really are brutally honest, God, I, I, lack, I, I lack faith. Well, then he, you know, he's going to probably say to you, I don't know. But I think he would say this. At least this may be part of it. But you need to read the word more. God, I don't like to read. Can't you just put out a movie? Hello? You need to read the word. Not only do you read the word, every day you need to read and study the word. I mean, he's, he may tell you something that you don't like. Because we always think that God's going to tell me everything I agree with. For some reason, he doesn't always agree with me. Have you ever found that out? He doesn't always agree with you, but we should always agree with him. Some of you may, you, you may have this, uh, this, this, all this second life going on, and you've got this secret addiction. He's going to tell you something. I had somebody come to me and and uh, a number of years ago, and, it, and this is when I actually started doing this, because it was by the Lord. And I, he was having an addiction with porn. And um, I said, okay. I said, do you, do you want to be free? He said, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, I really believe his, his heart was right. He, he came to me, which wasn't easy. And I said, okay. And the Lord just says, tell him to tell his wife. I said, you need to tell your wife. I felt like the Lord told me, you need to tell your wife. She needs to be your accountability. He goes, oh, I, mean, I mean, sweat, blood, I mean, just coming on him. He says, Sean, you don't understand. He goes, kill me. I said, well, at least you go to heaven. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm not joking. This is, this is funny. Um, he's... he's, he's uh, he was just so scared. I says, you need to tell your wife. I'm not going to tell her, so don't worry about that. I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'll help you. I'll meet with you, and I'll, 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 I'll uh, help you in this. But, I, and I gave him some other things that he needed to do. But um, I said, you need to tell your wife. And so I didn't press him on it or anything. The next week, I'm coming out of my office. His wife comes to me in tears and says, thank you. Husband told me, and and I tell you what, they have one of the most the best marriages I've ever had, because 
and he was honest, and he did what the Lord said. Now, I, I don't say that to everybody, um, because so, some of your wives will kill you. And, um, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I do recommend that, by the way, but that's another story. But um, you have to do what the Lord says, even when it's not got to do what he says. It may be difficult. But if you do that, you're going to receive treasure. You're going to receive the blessing of the Lord. You're going to receive all that he has. This young man went away depressed. He says, no, I can't do that. You've got to do what he you got to be honest. You've got to listen to the counsel, but you got to do what he says. You know, we serve a Lord who is a wonderful counselor, and he desires to counsel you, to guide you, and direct you. But he is wonderful. He is too awesome to work. See, your success is because of who he is in you, not because of what you, who you are or what you produce. It's all the healing you need is in Jesus and him alone. You know, I think probably some some of you, you know, you're just lacking. You know that. And you know your sickness right now. And you need help. First thing you got to do is recognize it. And you got to confess it to the Lord. He's a great God and he wants to and that's, that's, you know, why we celebrate this season that we're in right now is because he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you and I so we might live. He is the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's the fiel oyev. He's the wonderful counselor. He's a counselor that is so great that there's not words to describe. Be honest with him. Listen to him. And do exactly what he says. And let this this time, this Christmas season that we're in right now, let this time be a time where you realize that, man, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just not gonna cover up things anymore. I'm not gonna wrap them in nice little packages, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just withhold things. Let this be a time of change. Amen. Let 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 the Lord come in and bring His love, bring His joy in your life. You gotta just submit to him. Submit everything in your life and say, God, I'm I'm hurting right now. I need you. I mean, it's just it's just I, I need you. I'm depressed. I, I'm financial. I'm, I've messed up fine my finances. I, I need you. Submit it to the Lord and listen to him. God, what do you what do you want me to do? How do you want to heal me? And no matter how hard it is, no matter what he says, do it. And I promise you, you're going to see healing come. You're going to see faith arise. You're going to see provision. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, right now, I just pray that we're just honest right now with you. And God, we know what we're messed up in. We know what we're sick in.
God, and right now, I just pray for all those boundaries, all those walls that we've placed up that would try to stop us because of our pride or just not wanting to deal with our issues. Father God, I pray that this is all done. That falls down. And that we decide right now to give it to you. So right now where you're at, just be honest with the Lord. Say, God, I need you. He came for the sick. He came for the needy. He came for you. So let him come right now into your life and do what he's always wanted to do is to heal, to change, to make you like him. So, Father, we commit that to you right now, and we thank you. God, it's, uh, we're all messed up in some ways, so show us, Lord, where we don't even see it ourselves, and we choose to give it to you right now. So give it to him. And as everyone's eyes closed, everyone's heads bowed. If you're here today and say, Pastor Sean, I, uh, I want to be honest. I need something. I, don't, I may not know exactly all that I need, but there's something missing. I've been sitting in this chair right now, and I'm missing something. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You're missing Jesus, because I was right where you're 